parkour athlete and American Ninja Warrior Mei Ling Huang joins me to explore the upper limits of movement by applying elements of parkour and advanced athletics to a wilderness setting. By turning the outdoors into our personal obstacle course, we explore the idea that the incredible abilities of our ancestors were directly linked to the rigors and requirements of their natural surroundings. First time at Round Valley? Yes. Yes, it is, and it's very nice here. Yeah, we've got the perfect day, and especially now that we're literally just past the Labor Day rush, I would not have wanted to go near this place even a day ago. It's good that we have it to ourselves. Yeah, I don't like crowds. <laughs> nah, I don't mind them concerts, but for something like this, nothing like having a place like this to yourself. Agreed, I love concerts. Yeah, so you are a multiple-time contestant on multiple Ninja Warrior shows, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, I've been on American Ninja Warrior and the Team Ninja Warrior, Ninja vs. Ninja. But um, I got the most notoriety uh, on the racing one. Which so, was? Uh, team. It was originally Team Ninja Warrior, and then they changed the name to Ninja vs. Ninja and started filming it at night, added some bells and whistles. But it was it's the same gotcha. thing. So I'll, I'll probably just use them interchangeably. Yeah, that works for me, I think. And, and Team Ninja, it's, you said it's like a race. Right. So it's two side-by-side -side courses, same course, and you're racing against another person through the obstacles. Gotcha. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds awesome. I mess around with a lot of different sport and adventure disciplines. I've always found that the more rounded of a mover you are, the more effective you are over a broader span of situations. Um, what got you into like parkour and just movement athleticism in general? Well, I was an athlete all my life growing up. Um, I, as a kid, my mom had me running in every race in the Pacific Northwest, actually oh. since I was a fetus. And quite honestly. <laughs> like running in the womb? She had you. Yeah, basically. She's yelling at you, faster! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I was a runner, a long distance runner forever, and I absolutely hated it, but I was good at it, so my mom like made me do it. But I also did like the traditional like team sports and I was always athletic. I was naturally stronger and faster than like everybody growing up. Um, That's always nice. Yeah. So, you know, that gave me a nice edge, but I also, I also just loved doing athletic things. Right. Um, I surfed for a while. I dabbled in skateboarding, BMX, Krav Maga, um, competitive snowboarder. I still snowboard. A lot of balance in all your sports, though. Yeah. I can see how that segued to parkour. Yeah. Um, and I had heard about parkour. I remember I was in high school, and there was this new segment on, on TV, and my mom looks at me. She's like, don't get any ideas. I'm like, I already did. But I didn't know how to get into it. And then, you know, many years later, I ended up dating a guy that lived by a parkour gym. And so I got into it that way. And then from there, I got into Ninja Warrior. And here I am. <laughs> How long have you been doing it now? Parkour? Yeah. I started doing parkour 2012. And it was originally just, I wasn't really planning on getting super into it. I just kind of, I thought it was good cross training and conditioning right. for snowboarding. But then I got an ant on me, ended up really liking it. And then I decided to like, you know, stick with it and um, one of my friends at the parkour gym I trained at in Portland had told me about Ninja Warrior and she said she would like help film my submission. I'm like, okay, whatever. 
Like, I had heard of Ninja Warrior. I didn't really care for it. Like, sure, cool, I'll try it out, whatever. And then I ended up getting called back uh, first two years, not taking it seriously. And then after that, I decided to kind of take it seriously and then start training for it. And then I didn't really, like... I was kind of at a plateau, and then um, 2017 for Team Ninja Warrior Season 2, um, I was on it, and then then I got noticed, and then it just kind of like went up from there. That's awesome. Yeah, I kind of segued into to parkour. I mean, movement in general in a similar fashion. It was a byproduct of a lot of other things I'd already been doing. Like, I already was a trail runner. And I loved everything from climbing trees to jumping and so on and so forth. But I had never really connected all the dots between being a climber and being a runner and, and, you know, enjoying and participating in all these different types of, you know, athleticism or sports until I uh, connected with a company called Wild Fitness, which is based in the UK. Right up until meeting you, most of the movement athletes that I know are all based overseas in England. So when I found one that was right in New Jersey, I was like... Yes, we are. This is going to happen, especially when you responded with such enthusiasm. But, um, oh, I was excited. I'm like, this is awesome. It's like good timing and yeah, cool. Let's see where this goes. I felt the same too. But you never know. Like when you reach out on a social media platform, it can go either way. You know, somebody could be really responsive and open to your ideas or automatically just assume you're a creep. And, and you can't fault I people for being cautious. I get those messages too. Right, <laughs> but right. like, no, this guy seems legit. And I, I watched the video. I'm like, all right, yeah, I can get behind this. But, um... Jumping topic, I connected with this group called Wild Fitness, and they're more of like a luxury-based retreat, and they do more than just movement. That's a component of it. They're these week-long retreats where they get people out into natural settings. They get them moving again. They get them eating a little bit more healthily. They get them resting. They get them connecting with other people, and they, they, they really riff off of the idea of, you know, uh, they use the word a more, you know, natural way of living and moving but in working with a couple of coaches that i met i spent a month in scotland with them helping them run these courses and they really exposed me to deeper aspects of parkour like for example a kong it's something i'd done before but i had no idea that it had a name and and like a, a tactic and such to it and the one coach said oh yeah try this i just ran and hit one and then the other coach yelled at me she's like are you kidding me i've been trying to do that for years and you just did it by accident i was like well <laughs> I've done this stuff before. I just didn't know there was such a sport to it. And in working with them and learning with them, it tied, it tied the whole thing together. And suddenly I looked at all the other things I do in terms of being a, like a wilderness specialist and a climber and a survivor and the primitive aspects and the attitudes required to do all those things effectively. And this sort of just became like the linchpin of movement. So it was exciting to get into. So working with those coaches in the UK and getting a chance to really try this stuff from a more technical standpoint, it just brought everything together in my mind and it sort of birthed the idea of, I mean, I like to call it the human animal. It's like a connection with, with what our more primitive side would look like. We are physically capable of so much more as a species than I think we naturally realize, let alone how we're sort of conditioned to think in the modern world. And, I'm hesitant there because I, I always try to pause at romanticizing a primitive existence because there's so much that's great about the world we have now. We have access to all this scientific and physical understanding of ourselves, so we can actually become an even better version of what that athlete would have looked like a thousand years ago because of our modern access. But I also think the danger is the fact that we can so quickly disconnect 
from that primitive side, that more animalistic side. And in a lot of ways, we're discouraged too. I mean, we're the only mammal that actively stops its young from roughhousing and playing and learning to get physical. We're in an age now where kids go out with bubbles on their heads practically. And it's the intersection of those two realities that I've always liked to find and operate and obviously push the limit of. So as far as today, getting to get out with someone who is, you know, particularly specialized in parkour and movement and really put some cool lines together is pretty damn exciting. So initial reflections and thoughts on starting to apply parkour to the outdoors. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's also very different because in a gym you have more structure and you know like what things are going to be stable whereas when you're running on rocks right uh, you don't know and then you know branches they are not the same as smooth metal bars right 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 but i feel like most of it is mindset because you're in a different on a different terrain and so it gets scary so what i've noticed when i'm applying same skills to the outdoors or even just to a different terrain something that i like a jump i know i can make or even if it's just up higher that mental stuff you get you get scared and it's it's almost like you're starting all over again yeah yeah. and it can get frustrating for sure for sure yeah i i, I couldn't agree more there's so much more of a i don't want to say so much more but i think there's a probably a different kind of anticipation required when you're thinking of not only okay that log is a surface enough that I can land on but is it slippery enough that I can grip and is it is the structure to it safe enough that I can I can move over it without it collapsing underneath me or like you said is that branch going to hold is that rock gonna gonna uh, remain stable or not and that's the best part about the rock run it just throws you right into the fire on all this stuff as a starting <laughs> point but it's good I mean I do like how it sort of warms you up yeah and I think there's something about that uh, that kind of ties back into that primitive authenticity of, of moving through a natural setting effectively. So you go all the way back to the guy that invented the obstacle course, uh, George Hebert or Hebert, I'm not sure. I think Georges Hebert or something like that is how they would say it French, but I imagine I'm probably butchering that. Regardless, uh, you know, he he developed, he's credited for, for more or less designing the obstacle course and, and he was in charge of implementing what he called the, the natural method or la method naturale I think is how they said it but and he he gleaned all that from observing first sailors on navy ships who were constantly working at height or on very um, you know precarious balance points with heavy ropes and heavy loads and they just had this immense environmental surrounding and this incredible athleticism that they developed from doing this hard labor and all these different motions day in and day out. And then he observed a lot of more primitive cultures as well from his deployment. And then he was part of a, of a rescue operation for a, a volcanic eruption on uh, St. Martinique, I believe, was the island, where like 40,000 people were wiped out almost immediately. And he witnessed how some people just couldn't get away from the flow, where other ones were able to run and move and go over and up and under and through obstacles in order to get the ocean and that eventually gave him the sense that traditional fitness lacks the overall application of being able to move suddenly and you know at requisite not just at will through challenging and different terrain and from there obviously he, he went on to invent the obstacle course and even to this day remains a pretty big influence in terms of this sort of side of fitness and that all that 
learning about that really tied it all together to me in terms of you know being a climber or being even a backpacker or somebody that spends a lot of time in these terrains but suddenly looking at it from the standpoint of how you'd have to move through it more like an animal and that brought me right back to the more i started watching parkour athletes move i was like huh i wonder if you could do that on a branch or if you could do that on a log and that's that's where you find me out here flips are a lot of fun yeah 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 is that like one of your fortes or it it was more so and then i sprained my ankle really bad and so like getting back into it it's like with flips it's i mean you know use it or lose it right so i have been like getting them back this summer and I'm, you know, doing them again, but it's not where it used to be. And so it's, it's frustrating because I had them, got injured, was out for a bit. And then I'm just like, almost like starting from square one again. Yeah. That's like an, even climbing, like rock climbing, you know, the moves, you have the technique, but it's very similar. Like if if you're not consistent with the grip strength and the endurance, you get out there and you're, you're pumping so quick. You're like, wait, wait, I, I know I can do this. I'm not this weak. What are you talking about? You know? I'm rusty, or I got lazy, or hit a plateau, and I mean, I guess that's all part of it. Like you have to maintain, right? And if right. you don't maintain, then you know parts go bad, or you know, so if it's, you know if it's a machine or something like a car, if you don't keep the oil changed, it's right. And that was that was Hebert's message. It was the fact that, especially going back to the more primitive cultures that he observed, it was the fact that they were these super athletes based on the different motions that they had to perform just as a requisite to survival. So running, jumping, lifting, throwing, carrying, self-defense, all that, they just had to do that every single day. And it was the activity that kept them, you know, limber and, and strong and athletic. And I think that's that going back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of a sort of disconnect from our modern society to not just nature, but just the requisite for moving as well. The fact that we can get anything delivered to us from the palm of our hand now has really, really cut back on people's need to move at all. And I think that sedentary life is where you're seeing a lot of issues like depression, uh, you know, more sedentary-related diseases, uh, chronic heart issues and stuff pop up more and more because less and less people are just moving because they don't have to anymore. I mean, now you can, what is that, Grubhub, where you can just call and have your food delivered to you? Yeah. <laughs> Amazon now, which is great for some things. I use it, but yes, you know, I, you don't even have to like go to the store anymore. You know, like it's people can work from home now. Yeah. You know, there's it's just so it's changed so much in just the past hundred years, or not even just human modern human lifestyle. It's just in terms of the entirety of human history. The way we are living now is such a tiny fraction. Like we, we are not, you know, evolved or adapted to our current way of life. And, you know, people are paying the price for it. You know, your health goes downhill and people also aren't eating right either, you know? So, I mean, you have to really go out of your way to eat healthy nowadays because there's a McDonald's on every corner. Right, right. So it's very convenient to eat unhealthily. I think especially on a very base instinctual level when you say we're, we're so far from what we've been for so many thousands or millions of years, some version of our species has been acting that way, and now we're here. And like I said, I, I always take care not to romanticize the old ways, you know, being hunted by a saber-toothed tiger must not have been very fun either, <laughs> but, but I, I, what I love about now is that we have access to all the knowledge, you know, 
and, and, and the ability to reach back and learn as much as we can about these older ways and apply it all into one one human animal, I guess, really. And that's the, I don't know, that's the underlying mission of really all this. Like trying to mesh um, a more primitive way of life and adapt it for the modern right. way of exactly. living now. Running through the woods, swinging from trees and jumping over things is just my personal favorite expression of it. But And it's fun. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> On that note, having run through all that, I would say it would be a crime to leave this place without jumping in this water first. That's a good point. Yeah. Let me take off my shoes and take off this microphone. Let's do it. <laughs> it was awesome having you on. Thank you. Yes. To keep up with the savagery, follow us on Instagram or YouTube, or find us at embracetheanimal.com.